On today's episode of Secrets of Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Kyle Hunt from Family Gifts Co. Man, what a great conversation. Kyle's been in uh, the marketing e-com game for about 10 years, uh, started this company in 2019, and they absolutely exploded. Uh, we talked about uh, you know how they got to that point. Um, we talked about some of the metrics that they look at that are actually quite a bit different um, than what we normally talk about, and it was really interesting. We talk about how uh, they store all of their data in one place that is off of platforms, and I just got a ton of good information from it. Obviously made a new friend, like usual. And uh, yeah, it was just a great, great episode and a great conversation. I think you guys are going to like this one. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, uh, Jordan West back here with Kyle Hunt from Family Gift Co. Kyle, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Jordan, thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on and and uh, sharing uh, the wisdom that you've learned over the years. Uh, I'm <sighs> super excited to hear your story. You guys have had an insane, insane amount of growth. But before we get into that, for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So my name is Kyle Hunt, obviously, and I've been in the internet marketing space for about a decade now, and I've owned multiple seven-figure companies, and, and those have ranged from lead generation companies to supplement companies in the health and beauty space uh, to my current company, which is Family Gifts Co., which is a direct consumer e-commerce company in the family gifts niche. And I basically live and breathe marketing. Uh, and now my newest company is Ecom Acquisitions, and we're looking to acquire or invest in seven and eight-figure brands that are direct consumer in the e-commerce world. Awesome, awesome. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into that, and I feel like I, I definitely want to focus on that. Before that, I'd love to hear how you built Family Gifts Co. because you guys were meteoric, right? Do you mind just telling me a little bit about how that came about, how you decided to get into this particular niche, um, and then sort of a bit of your a bit of your story there? Yeah, so funny enough, it was actually out of necessity. As with any entrepreneur, there's always ups and downs, and entrepreneurship is always a roller coaster. And I was actually involved in, a, in another business prior to this that was a, a customer service company, um, and I invested in that company and came on as a partner. Uh, and that company actually had failed. So this was in like October of 2019. And I was looking for another company to, to start or to invest in. And actually had done a little bit of, we call this industry print on demand in the past. Uh, never too much success, um, but had a little bit of success with it. And I, I was sitting down thinking what I could do to generate more revenue. And 
saw some competitors selling products with, with these print on demand uh, systems through paid ads on Facebook. And I was like, well, I think I can do this, right? So it's just an idea. And we started selling tumblers and we started selling mugs and we had a, a, a decent success actually in our first month. And I think we made 50 or $60,000 in revenue. Um, and then we ended up doing half a million in revenue in, in that first year, well, the, the first three months of, of 2019. And I, I remember sitting down and I, we did that half a million in revenue. And I think we only made like $10,000 in profit. It was so negligible. Oh, because the margins are just so tight on print on demand. They were. So I was like, man, what can I do to increase our margins and like actually make some money? Because I can't live off of $10,000 in three months. And actually, I saw some of our competitors were selling canvases. So I decided, well, we could probably sell those. And I saw that they were only selling them for $80. And I was like, I think they're undervaluing their, their products. So we listed them at $100. And we put us new designs and they started selling like hotcakes actually. And how are you driving the revenue for this? Was this mostly Facebook ads? Yeah. So the majority of that was paid ads and, you know, paid ads is my background and that's what I know really well. And it was all Instagram and Facebook. And now we, you know, we've tested all of the ad platforms now through Google and through Pinterest and through TikTok. And, and most of them don't work for us unless it's on season, but yeah, heavily Facebook and, and Google ads. So we are day two of uh, ad apocalypse, by the way. I forgot to even care. <laughs> oh yeah, I was 14. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. But 14.5 came out yesterday. Yeah. When this episode comes out, we'll probably actually know a little bit more of what the effects were. Uh, I'd love to hear though, in the crystal ball, what, what do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Facebook is a multi-billion dollar company and they're some of, some of the smartest people in the world. And if anyone will figure this out, it'll be them. Uh, this is not the first speed bump. It's it's one of many that constantly happens in the paid ad cycle. And a couple of years ago, you used to be able to get super granular, granular with targeting and Facebook was, was great with that. And now Facebook is more general. And in fact, our largest ad spends are on literally zero targeting campaigns where we just don't have any targeting. So yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. knows a lot more than, than anyone and, and they're going to figure it out. So I'm not terribly worried about that. I've spoken with a lot of agency owners that are super freaked out about it, but I just sort of see it as a, as a temporary setback. And, you know, at, it was released yesterday. We've seen like a 10% decrease in sales today, but we're also a gift-based gift based company. So uh, the majority of revenue is for Mother's Day coming up and we're actually out of our delivery window right now. So it's sort of to be expected to see a decline, but I, I, I don't think it'll affect too many brands long-term. And to be honest, we don't even use Facebook anymore for, for tracking anymore. So we use a software called Rockerbox as our ultimate source of truth internally. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do you want to actually get into that a little bit? Because I I love the idea of of outside off platform attribution because it's it's really helpful to have a different source of truth. Can you tell me a little bit about how you use that with Rockerbox? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're on multiple paid channels or multiple channels at all, you you absolutely need an outside platform that's your your arbiter of truth uh, because all the platforms are going to attribute attribute sales that they shouldn't be getting. Uh, attribution for. And if you go by Facebook, or if you go by Google, or if you go by Pinterest, your, your spend is, you're going to overspend. So we use Rockerbox. It puts all of our information into one place and they create a custom algorithm for us based on our previous sales. It lets us know uh, where a sale actually takes place and who should be given credit to. And we and is that based the, on UTMs? Uh, yeah, it's based on UTMs and... They also connect internally through our, I'm not a tech guy, but they connect internally like through our site. So it literally in the language of our site, there's uh, specific Rockerbox, Rockerbox stuff. But yeah. you know, we, we use their their platform on a, on a daily basis to increase campaign spend or decrease campaign spend. And we use it to turn campaigns off. So it's, it's the place that we look. We don't even really look at Facebook ads anymore. 
We don't look at ROAS on that platform or CPC or anything. Rocketbox is where all those decisions are made now. And especially as porting is going to take a hit with iOS 14, it's going to be more important for companies uh, to have these outside platforms. And I see, I'm really bullish on those platforms. If you own one of those platforms, you're in a gold mine right now. So... Absolutely. We'd actually been testing Hyros before all of this happened. I personally just, Alex Becker, if you're listening, I don't like your persona. <laughs> and that's why I left. I don't like their attitude. I don't like their persona. It's rockstar e-com world. Anyway, that's my, <laughs> I wasn't planning yeah. on, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure we I'll actually, see you at some um, conference one day, but. So we, we tested Rockerbox, <laughs> uh, or excuse me, we tested uh, Alex Becker's platform, but it, I think that's made for more long, uh, high ticket items. And also we, we use a custom checkout, even though we're on Shopify, we use Cardhook as our checkout. And for whatever reason, their software did not play nice with That's right. With it Hook. doesn't with Cardhook. Yeah. 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 I've seen. Yeah. So we didn't, I didn't get any information whatsoever out of them when I went there. I was like, this is all the same information that I already know. Cause I'd already used Rockerbox before that. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So <laughs> and I was like, well, I, well, we were using Rockerbox really lightly. I'm a big fan, interestingly, even though I'm an agency and own some brands. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of just money in, money out. And then I'll, and I, I know it's, I know it's crazy and that's not <laughs> actually the way that we like manage our accounts. Yeah. But for me, for me as the business owner, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, Hey, this is essentially because like YouTube, tell, mm-hmm. tell me anybody who can attribute any sales to YouTube, right? Like yeah, even the, the best with that as well. So <laughs> totally. But, but as soon as I turn YouTube retargeting off on any of our brands, sales go down. Right. And so, so it's really difficult to actually know the exact journey that these people took. Another, another interesting one is like display retargeting. There are actually been tests out there that display retargeting is very similar to like when they used to flash a Coca-Cola at you in the movie theaters, right? It has a <laughs> similar sort of yeah. effect. So no one would ever like in a post-purchase survey ever say like, oh yeah, well, I saw your brand on a display on like a banner ad, right? No one would ever say that. And and they never get attribution for it. And yet, how does it work into the to the customer journey? Anyway, I feel like this See, is just- a- That's why I pay Rockerbox because they have all the data scientists that are much smarter than me to figure that out. <laughs> Totally, totally. I, I feel like this is kind of like a like high conversation right now. Like, but we'll never know, man. We no, just never you, know. <laughs> you won't. But look, you you do the best with the information that you have, and you make the most educated decision that you can, and you see the results. And if it works, then you scale it. And if it doesn't, then you don't. So yeah, it really is that simple with paid media. <laughs> Uh, yeah, nothing is simple with paid media, but <laughs> yeah, Kyle, do you mind do you mind getting into what happened in December with you guys? Because I, I feel like people need mm. to sort of hear hear those kinds of stories. So you guys went from zero to five hundred thousand. Do you mind sharing what you guys did in twenty twenty? Yeah, so in twenty nineteen we did half a million dollars in revenue, and in twenty twenty we did uh, twenty five point six million in net revenue. So we fifty x the business through COVID, which was completely insane. And actually, our our first eight figures we hit in six months from October wow. to, to March. So wow. it was it was insane. And as with any meteoric rise, there's there's always going to be a fall. And we had some of the uh, the worst delivery issues that you could have possibly imagined prior to Christmas. So we outsource our manufacturing and actually outsourcing everything has been a, a key to being able to scale as quickly as we have. But we outsource manufacturing to multiple vendors. And one of our vendors who happened to be our largest vendor ended up losing containers full uh, of canvas prints on their way to the FedEx facility uh, in Texas. And that, that affected around 20,000 customers 
customers. It just and got lost. Just got lost. Yep. So it was a Christmas COVID craziness situation, and they're still actually trying to find those cargo containers. They're still lost in almost yeah, May of 2021. Yeah, they don't, they don't know what happened to, to them. So so we had about 20,000 affected customers. And on top of that, uh, we had to reprint and reship those those canvases out to customers and the manufacturer didn't have that much stock. So they had to reorder stock, which put them back. So we actually ended up getting the majority of our deliveries for Christmas out in the middle of January. So you can imagine how unhappy our customers were. And, you know, there was a lot of back and forth communications with our customers and we tried to do our best to email them and to post on our, our social media and let them know. But it was just a super depressing time. We had to give out a million dollars in, in refunds and ultimately almost, almost killed the brand. And I, I remember this was in February, the end of February, I actually went on a ski trip and I was, we we're losing tens of thousands of dollars a day, uh, even in February. And I'm like, man, I can't sustain these losses anymore. If, if I come back and I, I know what's going to change between now and when I come back, but if, if, if nothing changes, then I have to shut the brand down. And on the Sunday night where I was coming back for some reason, and marketers, you guys are going to love this. Literally not a damn thing changed in any of my social media campaigns or paid ad plat- or paid ad campaigns, except for the fact that for some reason, Facebook started to like us again. We broke even for the first time in three months. And that was our first ray of light that the business could continue and we wouldn't have to shut it down. And actually the next day we were profitable and every day since we've been profitable and I didn't change anything. So Facebook, you live by it and you die by it. And now we're sort of rising again, rising again like a phoenix. But it was a really crazy, rough, depressing three months. And you know, I'm happy that we're able to get back and serve our customers again. So... Oh, that's yeah. I mean, pe- people need need to hear that. That sometimes there is no reason. There, no, nothing changed because I, I was handling the marketing and I was snowboarding. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. So I was I was helping out uh, in one of the masterminds that I'm a part of on the agency side. I was helping mm-hmm. out another agency owner with an ecom client, mm-hmm. and it was just like one day everything just dropped. There was and there was no reason. We looked back and everything. And there was no absolute reason. They didn't make any changes, but it's been like three weeks now that like Mm -hmm. conversions are down this certain amount. Conversion rate is down like 70%. We're just like, I I couldn't solve it for them. I wish I could have, but sometimes it's the platforms. Sometimes it's okay to to blame external factors. And I I normally don't believe that. I love proactivity and everything's my fault, but sometimes there are things beyond your control. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if your main revenue generator is paid ads, then you live by it and you die by it. And, you know, sometimes you actually will die by it. And we were very close to dying by it. So luckily, luckily we did it. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's ever been on, so this podcast, just so everybody knows, in case you don't know, um, is actually, it's for our agency for mindful marketing. And one of the big pivots that we made with our brands and then with marketing, uh, with the marketing agency in general, is that we really wanted to preach that we help people use ads to get you off the reliance of ads. Right. And so, (laughs) so it's SMS to me is, is that platform, right? SMS, email, all those places that you really can own, own your customers, direct mail. When you own the customer, you're just in such a better position. I want to get away from paid ads, even though I, I love to talk about it all the time because I think it's <laughs> super interesting. What's next for you? What's what's next on the on the roadmap for specifically? I'd love to talk acquisitions because that's kind of the world that I'm in right now too. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So what 
What we started to do last year and what we obviously had to pause while we had a company ending scenario was I've created Ecom Acquisitions, which is our acquisitions arm. Uh, we're looking to invest in or acquire other D2C companies uh, that are e-commerce based in the US. And we're also looking to acquire other companies that are in our ecosystem, whether that's manufacturers, whether that's blogs that are in the gift space or any other company that, that could reach our target demographic. We're really interested uh, in taking a look at that. Why, and, why, yeah. why acquire? Why acquire versus build build yourself? Why wouldn't you build a mom blog? Yeah. So the reality is that most startups will fail. Like 90% of startups will fail. So it's much easier to take an asset that somebody has already had their blood, sweat, and tears in for years. It's revenue generating that we know that we can take and we can multiply that revenue. That, that's a much better proposition for me than starting something that has a high probability of failure. So we see acquisition through uh, growth through acquisition as a major catalyst for our ultimate goal, which is really to have $100 million in assets by 2024. Oh, that's a great goal. I like that. I feel like my all my mind is doing is uh, everything that you say, I'm lining up with one of the seven habits of highly effective people. And you are an effective person, it sounds like. So Dude, I, I don't think that I am. I think that it's work probably more than everybody else. I'm trying to be more effective as a leader. And you know, I'm trying to read all that I can about being a better leader. I'm trying to have as much impact on my team as I can. But to be honest, it's it's been more difficult since we've had an outsource model than it is for people that have employees. And because mm. we're so internationally distributed, you know, it's not like I go into an office every day. 100% of our team is is remote and most of it's international. So there's definitely challenges around that. But as we grow and we, we acquire other companies, it's something that I really have to step up to and make sure that I can lead the organization effectively. Yeah, absolutely. We also, so we run a mastermind for seven, eight, nine figure brands. Cool. And most of them are are very similar to you where it's like they're completely outsourced and it is a blessing and a curse, right? Everything that you can imagine being outsourced. We at the agency here, we've been outsourced since the beginning of COVID. Outsourced, everyone's still <laughs> close to us. But it's a different vibe. You don't get that same, you have to learn how to build rapport and that community and caringness online. And it's so difficult. Yeah, I think having the correct systems and processes in place to make sure that your employees, first of all, care about what they're doing and then are doing on a consistent basis is probably the most important thing when you have a distributed or even an international workforce. And that's something that we've always had in place since day one is, you know, what are your main KPIs? And then making sure that they follow through with it. And if they don't, asking those questions, why is that not happening? How can we help you improve I think that's like management 101, but a lot of outsourced companies don't do that effectively. Do you have a tool that you use to manage people effectively? Oh, we have so many tools. <laughs> but honestly, Slack is probably our number one tool for management. But in, in terms of like an operating system for the company to manage people, there's there's a really awesome book called uh, Traction by Gina Wicknan. Mm -hmm. We've introduced, it's called, it's based on EOS, which is Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's basically how you should build a business as a platform. Uh, and we use all those tenants to make sure that our employees, that we have the right people that are employees that everyone understands what they're supposed to do and they understand the long-term vision of the company and that everyone's just on track on a daily, weekly, and monthly and a quarterly basis. That's great. So do you do you fill the role of visionary? Are you yes. that true visionary CEO? Yes, I, I'm the visionary in, in our current company. And honestly, I think being an integrator would drive me insane. And an integrator in traction is just like a COO and I am not put together enough to be a COO. So anyone who has that skill, I completely admire you because uh, totally. that is not something that I'm good at. Um, <laughs> I, I'm with you. <laughs> That's that, Those are the people that I that I gravitate towards. Like, please integrate all this for me. 
<laughs> yeah. And honestly, I think that uh, on the same token, like manufacturing is one of the most difficult things on earth too. And, mm. you know, we're looking to acquire manufacturers and I'm like, what you guys do is insane to do this at scale without losing stuff like and breaking stuff left and right. Uh, I think they're the craziest people on earth, people that do manufacturing for a living, but that, that's why we outsource it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kyle, I got to ask you the question. I ask everybody who comes on this podcast, what is your sure. secret to scaling? So I think that our secret to scaling really has been most most advertisers, I think they use the wrong metric to scale. I think most advertisers use ROAS as their, their North Star and their guiding metric when in reality, net profit is ultimately what matters the most, right? How much money you put back in your pocket at the end of every month. And I think most advertisers have not run those, those what-if scenarios to, if I'm currently spending $250,000 a month at a three times ROAS, what happens if I'm spending $500,000 and that ROAS drops to two and a half? After adding additional employing costs, employee costs. What does that mean to me in terms of net profit? And, mm. and I think that you know a lot of entrepreneurs and marketers are afraid of those types of numbers, but those are the scenarios you have to run when you're looking to scale. And with that increasing budgets, I think most people could easily double the size of their business if they increase their budgets. They're just so focused on ROAS and that number that they won't let themselves do it. And those were numbers and financials that we ran way before ever scaling to seven and eight figure months. So Awesome. Awesome. That is really, really good advice. I was trying to think how to practically implement implement that. Do you have spreadsheets that you can play around with some of those numbers on? I do have those spreadsheets actually. And I'm sure that if you emailed me after this at kyle at ecomacquisitions.com that I could probably share those spreadsheets with you. Cool. Awesome. We'll make sure if you're comfortable, we'll put that into the show notes there. Yep. Awesome. That's great. I got three more questions for you, Kyle. Okay. I used to call this the lightning round. I sometimes still do, but uh, I don't like it to be too quick. <laughs> <laughs> favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Yeah. So my favorite tool is order metrics. Actually, it's a Shopify app. It allows you to track profit on a daily basis. And they actually just updated the app. And now it tracks a lot of marketing KPIs and financials. And we use that with our ads team as well on a daily basis to make sure that uh, that profit is where it needs to be. And if not, we look at Rockerbox to upscale and downscale. Sweet. Order metrics. Awesome. I highly recommend it. And again, that'll help you get a better sense of your financials on a, on a daily and weekly basis to be able to, to scale or not scale. That's great. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Man, I'm actually, I, I don't listen to any podcasts on a consistent basis. I, I just started reading again. What I like actually doing is uh, watching video content for anything that I find super interesting. Um, so like mergers and acquisitions, there's a really awesome course by Roland Frazier, who's one of the digital marketer guys, along with Ryan Dice called Epic. And it's all about mergers and acquisitions. And that's, you know, I'm, dude, I'm that's watching... where I learned all my acquisitions. Like just, oh, that's from, funny. That, just from the challenge, I was just yeah. like, did, did you go and do the, uh, the accelerator after? I did. Yeah. So I'm Epic Elite. And honestly, there is a lifetime's worth of content in Epic. Uh, and the guys are just geniuses. Roland's the smartest guy in the room. And the, the content that you I get don't know on, anybody even smarter now, in business yeah, than him. Like I hear either. him talking. I'm just like, you are just next level. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm like, how can I duplicate does. you and put you in my company, but not pay <laughs> you a billion dollars? That's, that's what I want. And like, you know, a lot of the acquisitions that we're looking at, we're using as strategies, not only for the acquisitions themselves, but what happens after you acquire it. Um, how do you integrate correctly, correctly 
and how do you apply the systems and processes and everything you've learned from your existing company to the new company without it blowing mm. up. So no podcast, but that's what I would recommend. Oh, uh, that's fine. That's great. Uh, if you could <laughs> sit down with anybody for an hour, they have to be alive, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, who would it be? Uh, this was probably so cliche, but I think Elon Musk is uh, one of the smartest men on earth. And I'd love to have dinner with him. Just so smart. And what he's done with Tesla and SpaceX, I'm like a super fan for, for both of those companies is nothing short of phenomenal. Um, and he's a legend. I know he's going to be on SNL. Is he really? <laughs> he's ho- I don't know he's how hosting. funny he is, but. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, uh, are you guys sure? Like, Lots it's obviously a great PR move for and, him, but. Yeah, yeah. But um, so brilliant guy. So, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on. This was uh, a great conversation. I got tons from it. I really appreciate uh, you and all the things that you're doing. Where can people find out more about you and more about your brand? Yeah, so you can visit Family Gifts Co. at www.familygiftsco.com. You can find out about e-com acquisitions, which at the time of this is actually not even a website because we have so much inbound leads, but it probably will be when uh, this recording goes up at, at ecomacquisitions.com, um, or you can just find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Jordan. Hey, guys. We hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.